0: You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Shut up. Shut up. Shut Stay up. Shut up. Stick to sports. Welcome to the Mind Your Own podcast with Aaron Sorensen and Sasha Durkin. Where we stick to sports, except when we're not.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Own Podcast. I'm Aaron. I'm Sasha. And we we have an it we have well, I don't know how to explain this episode. But first, <laughs> Sasha, how are you? How are you today?
0: <laughs> I'm all right. I got up. I was just about to tweet something. One, Ooh. I know that everybody's playing Wordle, but I I'm done. I'm overseeing the posts because I'm oh, not on. gonna I'm not gonna do it. Um, but two. I got up this morning and I was like, I'm trying to be better about getting my steps in because since we moved, I haven't been super great about it. So I got up and I like got myself ready and I got some work done and I went for a walk and now it is eight in the morning and I'm ready to have this conversation. (laughs) I'm like ready to like, as we put it, fight people.
1: (laughs) Yes. And I'm really quick. I'm glad that you said that I need to get better about, um, I need, I need to get back into the swing of things, a routine. And I've been trying to think in the past, I've done a lot of like my workouts and movement later in the day. Mm -hmm. And I think I need to have a shift. So I'm glad that you said that because I'm starting to think about trying to wake up early and get things done sooner. Mm -hmm. And I just want to throw this one quick thing out there because I've seen a lot of this actually going around different social media sites from TikTok to Instagram stories, whatever. We are all built differently. If you are somebody who stays up late and works out late because you just are not a morning person, do not feel bad. Do not beat yourself up over like, I can't wake up at 5 a.m. I can't do this. I am also somebody who struggles now. I am kind of like a hybrid of like a morning morning person and night owl, which is a really terrible combination. <laughs> so for me, what I am hopeful is if I do things earlier in the day, one, I'm hopeful it will help me sleep later and that uh, I just will have more energy throughout the day. But I just want to always preface that when you hear people who are like, I'm going to get up and get my day started and stuff. Your day starts when it works for you. If that's 10 a.m., great. I it just... Yeah it's twenty twenty two stop making people feel bad
0: <laughs> well, and I think that that's actually really important because uh, when it comes to like movement, it doesn't have to be a set time of day it's whatever it fits into your day and I realize like especially with how things are like this is normal now um you know I think that putting so much pressure on yourself to to have to conform to getting up at five in the morning and going to bed at nine at night like that doesn't work for everybody. Just be nice no. to yourself. When it fits, it fits.
1: Be nice to yourself. But I'm glad that you said that because I am going to try to see if a morning routine will work better for me because I've been struggling to get those that movement for myself in later in the day. So we're going to see if a little shift works going forward. But. Yeah. Like Sasha said, we both are just kind of ready to fight someone. And this episode sort of came together in two parts because one thing that I had been thinking about almost for a couple of weeks now, and um, obviously last episode, we talked about cheer in the world of um, competitive cheerleading and gymnastics and just how there's a lot that needs to be improved there. So kind of staying in that realm to a degree, just to sort of kick this episode off we want to talk about the LSU tiger girls, because if you have not seen what they did and what is going on, if you somehow have avoided any of the news on this, which um, honestly would not be that difficult because when I went to go, like just Google a story on this, there really wasn't in my opinion enough, considering Mm -hmm. the fact that it really blew up on social media. It's, everywhere. On TikTok, you have the choreographers of their nationals dance teaching people the dances on TikTok. It's becoming a trend where yeah. women everywhere and men, I should say, are learning these dances, sharing them on TikTok. But it has become, um, in my opinion, sort of a viral thing, but not getting picked up in traditional news media mm-hmm. sources, which is really too bad because I Just again, we, we brought this up in our previous episode, which if you haven't listened to that episode, really highly recommend it. But there are kind of two governing governing bodies of the, uh, the what's the word I'm looking for, of cheer and dance, not mm-hmm. just collegiately, but just across the board. I saw someone explain this last week and I was really struggling to explain it. So I'm just going to say it how they did because I really loved it. The way that like NCA, NDA, which is the National Cheerleading and Dance Association versus the Universal Cheer and Dance Association are kind of different is NCA, NDA tend to be a little bit more all-star focused, which is a lot of like really, really intense tricks. And there's, there's more, there's less like quote unquote cheer and dance, Mm -hmm. if you will, and more like it's all-star, which if you are familiar with the all-star cheer and dance worlds, it's just a different situation yeah um uca and uda tend to lean more um traditional cheer and dance so that's why you see a lot of colleges you see a lot of people competing collegiately there high schools because that's just a different it's a different style it's a different world so anyway the reason i share that is because lsu competed at the 2022 universal dance association college national championships in orlando florida so i don't want you if you're like watching cheer and you're like wait i thought it was In Daytona, different competition, both nationals, whatever. Yeah. So the LSU Tiger Girls, you can compete in different categories. They competed in the D1A hip-hop competition. Um, There are a lot of things to kind of unpack here. First and foremost, they won a national title for this routine. Spoiler alert, it's the first time that they've won in 12 years. So congratulations to the LSU Tiger Girls. But more important than anything else is what the routine signified. They had this incredible hip-hop routine to Ciara's Like a Boy. And you could just see in the videos, which we will link in the show notes at hailvarsity.com so you can go watch it for yourself. From the moment this routine started, people were losing their minds because it was so good. Not only was the dance so good, but it meant something more than just what they were doing. Yeah. So here's what they said about it. And this was written on their Instagram Today, we represented ourselves, our school, and every woman before us who has helped us pave our path to success. We are bursting with gratitude and love from all the support we have received this weekend. So why is this important? Here's what happened. Obviously, 2020 and COVID-19 changed the world of athletics in so many ways. We saw all kinds of opinions on all kinds of things. I mean, heck, I was even asked to like comment in a documentary about like the try to return to sports. And it was (laughs) trying to explain that, like you had so many varying opinions on what should and shouldn't happen through COVID-19. And we're even still battling through so much of that right now you're seeing cancellations, postponements, everything, like nothing is set in stone, but here's what, here's what really kind of, didn't make a lot of sense, particularly at LSU. But I want to say this happened in a lot of places. This wasn't mm-hmm. just an LSU specific thing is that the university, the LSU had said that the LSU tiger girls were not permitted to compete. They, So here, I'm just going to read from this. Again, there wasn't a lot of news coverage. This is from NBC Sports, but just to give you some context as to what kind of happened and why the culmination of this routine and what it meant, why it's so important. Mm -hmm. While school officials stated publicly last January that the decision to forego sending the Tiger girls to their lone competition of the year was due to COVID-19 concerns, the team presented a different scenario in a change.org petition asking for support. The university has told our programs for the first time in 22 years, told our program for the first time in 20, 22 years that we are not per- permitted to compete. This is what the petition said. These reasons not being related to COVID are budgetary restriction. It has been communicated we cannot compete because of lack of athletic trainers available for our competition season, which is great. We talked about the need for like these sports to have more readily available dedicated athletic trainers last episode, but beside the point. Yes. So the LSU Tiger Girls, and I am paraphrasing from this NBC Sports article, which we will link, they felt that this was pretty confusing because they had been cleared since August of 2020 to attend practices and games for other teams, particularly football. And they were performing at home football games, men's and women's home basketball games, women's gymnastics meets. They were doing all of these things. They were adhering to the NCAA guidelines for all academic eligibility, drug testing, scholarships, everything. They were going through all the COVID testing protocols. And unlike this is what one of their tiger girls explained at the time Unlike every other athletic team at the university, the Tiger girls have no season like standard sports. Instead from August to May, we are dedicating our time to supporting all LSU athletics while simultaneously participating in rigorous training, conditioning, long choreography days and practices so that we can uphold the reputation. And then they took that all away. So I paraphrase a little bit Mm -hmm. of what she said as well. So this is why this is so important. The like a boy was curating choreographs specifically for this team because they felt that they were being neglected in relation to, to, well, I'll just, quote exactly what one of their assistant coach said she said like a boy was curated and choreographed specifically for this team and all other female athletes who have been neglected in relation to their male counterparts our choreographers Carson Rowe and Sammy McFadden were passionate about creating this routine for the positive message behind the empowerment of the female athletes in the da- dance industry as well as for the recognition of dance as a collegiate sport with deserving student athletes
0: mm-hmm.
1: so here's the thing when we look at LSU's 2022 football schedule. Now, I understand somebody could come and go, well, women's basketball was playing, women's gymnastics was competing. Yes. But then again, why couldn't you make this work for the Tiger Girls? But the reason I want to bring up specifically LSU football is because. Their concern was, you know, they said athletic trainers, but there was also COVID concerns. There was a lot of excuses that were wrapped up into why they couldn't. So that 2020 football schedule obviously started later than usual. It started September 26th, that weekend for the SEC. But somehow, somehow, some way, LSU managed to find athletic trainers for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Different SEC games mm-hmm. that required travel, that required all kinds of configuration. They were able to figure that out. Mm-hmm but they couldn't figure out an athletic trainer in the situation of the LSU tiger girls for their one competition, which did not overlap with football, by the way, right. it's not like there was a, and I'm not saying that that would have made it all right. I'm just saying there's no like overlap of something that in my opinion, you can't figure this out. Right. It just came across as this isn't important to us. I think this that not one of a priority.
0: the, the it's then that's like perfectly put in this article too, by this one quote, taking away this opportunity to compete and grow in their craft as dedicated athletes minimizes this program to only beautiful girls who stay on the sidelines to support other athletes while never getting an opportunity to compete themselves.
1: Yes. Like it, the thing that like I just I really like I said, I feel like the LSU Tiger Girls have not gotten a lot of traditional news media attention, but they have gotten a lot of attention on social media. Like, I, yeah, like I said, uh, but just to reiterate, TikTok is full of these dance videos of the choreographers coming on and teaching people and individuals across the world learning this routine because they're so impressed with what they did and the LSU Tiger girls I hope continue to feel such love and support because Mm -hmm. you know growing up dancing and cheering I don't know how many times that I was told what I was doing wasn't a true sport it wasn't real it didn't count it wasn't it there there was a lot of disrespect for this craft and I I It's it's one of those things where I I don't really think I'm reaching here and I don't think that I'm overstepping in this evaluation, but oftentimes it feels like a lot of the disrespect comes from the fact that it's it's prominently it's prominently made up of women Mm -hmm. and it's sort of again to go back to that quote like just. Be beautiful, stand there, be pretty, be, you know, be supportive because that is at, at one point, cheerleading very much was a stand on the sidelines and support. But even as somebody who coached cheerleaders battling that and having people understand that I want them to be, I want them to be, uh, I, I want it was funny because when I coach cheerleading and people would see our practices, they'd be like, why are you running? Why are you doing um, conditioning? Why are you doing this? And I'm like, I need them to be able to stand on a sideline and not only cheer through an entire game, but I also need them to be able to dance. I need them to be able to perform routines. I need them to be able to yell. There is so much that goes into even just standing on the Mm sidelines that is like, I need them to be in good physical shape because they're going to be putting in the work. So many of the people who like to criticize and point fingers and go, oh, it's not real. Just stand on the sidelines and cheer or just stand there and dance and be pretty. Don't even realize just that is like Mm -hmm. so intense. There's so much that goes into it. The last thing you want is somebody to be ill conditioned and to pass out on a sideline or to pass out in a situation. And that's not even taking into account the competing side of it. Like this is just the part where people go just focus on that. So for me, it's like, I'm, I'm really, really quite tired of just the lack of respect. Yeah. And it's always seemingly going back to women dominated spaces where we'll figure it out for all of these other things, but when it comes to a, our dance team, uh eh. It's they're they're fine. They get to dance on the sideline in an LSU football game. It's like that's great. They love the opportunity to dance and do what they love, but they Mm. also love competing and being competitors and taking that away from them. Like, what are you what are you showing is your priority? It just Exactly. I I applaud the LSU Tiger Girls for not only showing up and giving one hell of a routine and winning nationals for it, but for putting a message behind it because it is so strong. And I hope anyone who has, it, it doesn't matter if you know somebody who dances or cheers or not, I don't care if they play soccer. I don't care if they play basketball, show them that because that is what, that is what like, that is just the perfect response of F you in the most respectable way possible, because you're saying, we're going to be great at what we do and you're going to eat your words. Because in spite we're of work. you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're going to, yeah. we're going to work our asses off and prove to you why you should have listened to us in the first place.
0: Mm-hmm. I think that there's something too that, you know, I know that the, the tone and tenor of, you know, surrounding women, um, athletics, um, is changing, not as fast, maybe as, uh, you know, we would want, but continuing to have these conversations is important because, you know, you take, I think what the overarching thing that stands out to me is that because they make it look easy, it's not taken as seriously because they are gifted at what they do and they're putting in the work to make it look effortless, effortless and flawless and executed perfectly. If You take me, I couldn't go out there and do anything that they are doing. Um, and I think that, you know, bringing up the endurance part of this is super important because it is important to be explosive and to have the endurance and, and everything else that goes into being able to perform any kind of routine or tumbling or anything like that. Like you have to practice that. It doesn't just come to you. It's it's not like anybody could go out there and do that. Um, and I think that, you know, giving the respect that, these dance teams or these cheerleading squads deserve is, is something that should be talked about more because they aren't just, you know, there to be beautiful. They're there also for your entertainment. Just like if, for example, a football game, like they are there for entertainment, but so is the football team. Are they not? yeah Like, <laughs> so why not, why are we not, you know, placing a, a higher Value on on the fact that they do compete and that they do they are putting in a lot of hard work. You know, you don't see a bodybuilder going out there and just automatically being great at something. But those spaces are taken seriously. So why aren't we taking all of these spaces seriously?
1: And going back before we kind of transition this conversation into further further respecting women, um, I will just add this one last thing because the part of athletic trainers and the lack thereof. Um, when we don't take these spaces seriously, like cheerleading, and when we don't take these spaces seriously, like dance, um, catastrophic injuries happen as a result when you aren't providing them the same level of, um, care and expertise from trainers and, um, everything else that every other sport is getting in a school. And you're expecting them to sort of just operate, uh, without because so many, and I think even when we look at high school levels and the amount of high schools, we talked about this in our previous episode. How many high schools are competing or competing or practicing for competition in like their high school lunch rooms mm-hmm. with mats rolled out? And we wonder why some of these injuries are so catastrophic in cheer and in dance. To if I could tell you the amount of injuries that I witnessed firsthand and how horrific some of them were when I was participating. Some of it you cannot, some of it is just what it is. Like any sport, people get injured. But when you don't have appropriate things in place, people in place to help eliminate those things, they're going to continue to happen and only get worse. It's it's time, and I hope LSU has sort of kickstarted a movement in this regard to take these spaces more seriously, um, not only collegiately, but at a high school level and beyond, because there are so many places that need to be fixed And it's, it's about respect, respect the athlete, respect these women, respect what they need to be successful. And I I'm glad that they're shining a light on this because to be honest with you, it's not going to be something that's fixed overnight, but I hope a whole heck of a lot of other schools start stepping up and speaking out because this is the first step in hopefully many, many steps to go because trust me it's not just happening at LSU there are so many programs nationally where their schools just do not care enough about them and they're kind of they're kind of facilitating these teams um, and acting and having to act like the pros that they are without the support that they need to continue to grow and be those pros like just put uh, support women but (laughs) to kind of like give another example of why like I was, I wrote this to Sasha and it's so true. It's just, (laughs) I I kept saying it's 2022. How is this, how is this still a thing? Like, how are we whatever? And I said, it's 2022. Can we stop putting women second? So LSU Tiger girls was sort of like the thing that kickstarted this been in my mind since they won nationals, but then just one day prior to recording this, uh, Twitter sort of blew up over uh, a news a, a story that came out. So let's give some context, mm-hmm. and this will surprise nobody because it includes Taylor Swift, who I obviously love. But there's a reason that we are talking about it. So Damon Albarn, he is the frontman of the band Blur, which if you know Blur, everyone, woohoo, you know yes, Blur song too. <laughs> yes, Gorillas, which has many, many amazing songs. He was getting ready to do a performance in Los Angeles as a result did a uh, did an interview with the Los Angeles Times where he was talking about songwriting and par- how this came up just for the record is he was just going to be playing the show from my understanding. Um, Just on piano, he's talking about how it's really difficult. Live music is hard, but like, it's all like, none of that was wrong. Like Mm -hmm. he, he was like, absolutely. Um, But essentially where things took a turn is he decided to talk about other artists and essentially said, Taylor Swift does not write her own music. Mm -hmm. The, author of this article the interviewer pushed back on that and was like because his whole thing was when he's talking about how he's going to be performing the show is that basically a lot of artists these days are just in it for like the showmanship and all of this other stuff there's just a lot of like glitter and everything Mm -hmm. else and and um the interviewer said well Taylor Swift is is phenomenal, essentially phenomenal. She does. Mm-hmm. She writes her own music and he says, no, she doesn't. She doesn't write her own music. And she the, the interviewer said, of course she does. Co-wrote, co writes some of them. And he responded. And I'm reading his quote verbatim from the Los Angeles Times. That doesn't count. I know what co-writing is. Co-writing is very different to writing. I'm not hating on anybody. I'm just saying there's a big difference between a songwriter and a songwriter who co-writes doesn't mean that the outcome can't be really great and some of the greatest singers i mean ella fitzgerald never wrote a song in her life when i sing i have to close my eyes and just be in there i suppose i'm a traditionalist in that sense a really interesting (laughs) songwriter is Billie eilish and her brother i'm more attracted to that than to taylor swift it's just darker less endlessly upbeat way more minor and odd i think she's exceptional
0: First it sounds and foremost. like a preference to me, not a statement of fact. <laughs>
1: it does. And the thing that just really just like, I have to just say this part first that just really grinds my mm-hmm. gears is in this process of basically disrespecting, not basically, in the process of disrespecting Taylor Swift, he credits Billie Eilish. He takes another woman and pegs her as the point of like, I prefer this. And literally in the same sentence says, Billie Eilish, who co-writes with her brother. Mm-hmm. Billie Eilish co-writes her music with her brother that doesn't make billy any less phenomenal she's incredible she's an incredible songwriter and an incredible artist but to basically say i prefer billy as a songwriter and to then also make a note that she writes with her brother but then to slam taylor swift for co-writing i was tweeting about this because how I put it is you do not have to like Taylor Swift's music. Music is subjective. Mm -hmm. We all like what we like. However, to discredit her songwriting and then to gaslight the situation when called out is not the way to go. Mm -hmm. Taylor Swift solo wrote her entire speak now album in direct response to people saying she doesn't write her own music. The irony of all of this is people like there are clips going around right now. of someone like John Mayer Mm -hmm. who stood and said to people, I when I worked with her because he did write music with her I'll be damned she wrote her own music like the fact that these men are so freaking surprised that Taylor Swift can write her own music listen to Paul McCartney Paul McCartney has talked about how phenomenal she is because yeah. she is a she is a true artist appreciate her because she's a once in a lifetime generational type of artist now that's not to say you have to pull up her whole catalog, listen to it from start to finish, and love every song. You don't even have to like anything she writes. Mm-hmm. It doesn't like, there are people who literally argue that they don't like the Beatles. That's not their music. They don't. I well, don't. They don't <laughs> but like, you wouldn't disrespect John I and appreciate public.
0: them for yes. what they are able to do.
1: Just respect, just respect what they do. Now, here's what happens even beyond this absolute bonkers bonkers behavior (laughs) it gets worse it gets so much worse so taylor swift sees this and she calls him out she Mm -hmm. tweets at him directly and said i was such a big fan of yours until i saw this i write all of my own songs your hot take is completely false and so damaging you don't have to like my songs but it's really f***ed up to try to discredit my writing wow and that is quote she's she did not censor herself and she said p.s i wrote this tweet all by myself in case you were wondering which i appreciate this little shade so um he decides that he's going to respond which this is when i talked about the gaslighting was like whoever his publicist is, whoever recommended this response, just like made my like PR side of my body. Just want to like, he responds to her. I totally agree with you. I had a conversation about songwriting and sadly it was reduced to clickbait. I apologize unreservedly and unconditionally. The last thing I would want to do is discredit your songwriting. I hope you understand. So now (laughs) he has gone after the person who wrote the Los Angeles time article as you're just reducing it to clickbait. Um, Like (laughs) you're joking. Like you're joking. Um,
0: (laughs) Something that I brought up to like, while we were talking about this was, okay, you are part of blur. You are part of the gorillas. You are in bands at that point. And so even if you lyrically wrote a song front to back or you're only playing guitar, or you're only playing piano. You're collaborating with the other members in your band in order to bring that music to light. So, yep. like, like his entire statement to me is just con- like it, it dumbfounds me because I'm like, what are you talking about? A band is a collaborative effort. It is. You're co-writing everything together.
1: Now, I have to just correct myself really quick because I was not very smart. Um, I was opening different articles. Um, I incorrectly misidentified the writer of this Los Angeles times article. The author is Michael Wood. It is a, he, I, I said, she, I was, op- I had a variety article open mm-hmm. and the author was a woman. My apologies. I just kind of crossed my wires on that one. I don't want to take away from the, the Michael Wood um, wrote this, but I, my point still stands that like what, <laughs> what Damon then did is basically through, the author so through michael under the bus for well you're just taking my words out of context you're just you're you're click this is clickbait and that is not what michael did michael it, it is a q a like you mm-hmm. see the exact quote in the exact answer and i appreciated the people who came to defense very quickly and were like hold up how how are your words being taken out of context like We're reading it and it is quite literally what you said. I mean, here is exactly which we can we can link. And I won't reread that whole chunk, but this is what Michael pressed Damon on. So Michael asks, you think a lot of modern musicians are relying on sound and attitude? That's what I was talking about, the glitter and the sparkles mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And Damon responds, name me someone who's not. And Michael said, she may not be to your taste, but Taylor Swift is an excellent songwriter. And that's when Damon said she doesn't write her own songs. And uh, Michael pushes back. Of course she does. Co-write some of them. And that is when he gets into that whole uh, piece that I, I already wrote. So it again, I d- like he got
0: it. He got like Damon got offended because like I said, it's a preferential, a preferential thing. Like he prefers Billie Eilish, but then like totally walks himself into a corner because of what he said. Mm -hmm. Um, like, cool. Like you don't have to like her. Like, I don't like the Beatles. I don't, I've, I've said that for a very long time. It's not my preference. (laughs) However, I'm not going to take away from the fact that a lot of people do and that they, you know, wrote a lot of songs that a lot of people did like
1: yeah i mean i think again music is subjective we all have the things that we like um Gosh, I feel sorry. This is the way my brain works. If anyone wants to know, I feel really bad for misidentifying the author. So my apologies to Michael. Like it was a great article. He did a really nice job as an interviewer. My apologies. Oh, that's what happens for the record. Be mindful. I I literally had too many articles open at once and was like just bouncing too quickly. So um, I'm sorry. I know Michael's not going to like listen to this podcast and be upset, but I just really didn't mean to like misidentify him. Um, anyway, the the thing is is like there are all kinds of there's all kinds of music for a reason because we all have different things that we like Mm -hmm. um now to be fair to David Damon Albarn I actually really like the gorillas I Mm -hmm. grew up with the gorillas most of us did I think the gorillas was like blur blur was fine too. I I, yeah. I I will be honest, the only song I know of Blur is a song too. I, I've heard other songs by Blur but that's really the only one that like I could consistently tell you I've heard. But like mm-hmm. I appreciate his I appreciate his work. I appreciate what he's done with Blur and with
0: Gorillaz. I wonder um, if he's upset because Blur or uh, Song 2 was a joke song and it was the one hit Wonder off that album. I wonder if woo-hoo. he's like butthurt about that or something.
1: <laughs> but you know... <laughs> It's just like, here's the thing. So I was telling Sasha this. There's so there's so much to really unpack in this whole thing. Taylor Swift has written multiple songs about this very particular situation. So On Lover, her first album that she directly owned because she has gone through it. If you are not aware of what Taylor Swift has gone through with her former record label selling her masters to Scooter Braun, who... Has since sold them off, but still profits off them. So she is re recording all of her work so that she can own essentially the master on top of the master. There's so much like, I, I love the music industry, but like the music industry is so messed up. Um, The fact that like, we've talked about this on this podcast before too, like that Prince didn't own his own masters. The Beatles Mm -hmm. didn't own their own masters. I mean, most of the Beatles masters were owned by Michael Jackson for a very uh, long time. It's a whole thing. Um, and why that matters is it's because where money money is made, where the profits are made when people go and license music and they do different things. So anyway, she's re-recording all these. But prior to all of the re-records, when she left her label, Big Machine, and started over um her first her first album completely owned by herself. Um now she's on a different record label, but she owns the full Masters to it is Lover. I really love this album. I think it's underappreciated. It came out this summer-ish before. Um, it came out in 2019. So right before the pandemic hit, it means it never got a full. It never got the full like album release. It never got a tour. It was supposed to have a tour. Um, so it's, it's sad. I, I feel for lover. Lover. Justice for lover. But anyway, there is a song on it called The Man. And the man is really interesting because she's basically saying, if I was a man, people Mm -hmm. would treat me very differently. I wouldn't have to run as hard and work as hard and do all these things just to prove that I'm half as good as everyone else. And the man was really her first time taking a stand and saying like, people are profiting off of me. People are, um, it's just, it's, it was a really, it's a great song. Um, I love it. The music video is really interesting because it's, if you haven't watched the music video, I really recommend going and watching it. Even if you don't like Taylor Swift's music, watch the video because it shows this man, basically Wolf of Wall Street doing all of these things. Um, at the end, Taylor Swift tells him, uh, could you smile more kind of like playing off of it? The man is Taylor. She got, a whole makeup, not to ruin the surprise, but the man at the end is Taylor. They did a whole thing, surprise people, whatever. When Folklore came out, which she then released two albums in 2020, um, these were like pandemic albums. They're two of her greatest works. Here's the thing. If I were to recommend any two albums from Taylor Swift to anyone, I really recommend Folklore and Evermore. They're fantastic. The people she collaborated with on these albums, like Aaron Desner of The National, incredible these albums are some of her best work to date like I'm, I'm really saying like if you wanted to dabble in the taylor swift world these are the two that i would send you to um she has another song on folklore called mad woman and the whole point of mad woman is again like basically saying um people don't like mad women. They don't like when women get mad. They want you to be nice and kind and happy. And um, guess what? There are women married to really terrible men who also like to do the dirty work for these men and don't realize what they're doing and that they should be mad like you, but they're not because they're, they're in on this whole thing. And it's a really good commentary on what she has faced in this industry and beyond. And it, it really goes back to everything like we were talking about with the LSU Tiger Girls. It's things that we, Sasha and I, have directly mm. faced in our industries of people who question everything that we do. If we were men, it would be easier. I just want to point that out. It would be a lot easier. And I hate when people try to come back and go, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. You have not lived in our shoes. You have not walked in our shoes as women in this industry. And dealt with the fact that we've talked about this before. I have been in press boxes without restrooms. I have had people treat me differently for being a woman in this industry. I've had people question everything I know. It's,
0: it- I've been told that I don't belong in this space pri- because I have different anatomy than my counterparts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been told that I don't know what I'm talking about or I can't p- possibly have an opinion on something because I happen to be female. It has nothing to do with that. My knowledge base has nothing to do with that. And without context or, you know, like no one, (laughs) that's the frustrating thing to me about any of this whole deal. Like we should be equals and not be thought of as like an afterthought or secondary because we happen to be female. I know a lot of shit about a lot of shit because I have been either in the space or I've done the research on it. And just because I happen to have different anatomy than a man does, doesn't mean that I have a lesser knowledge base, like stop doing that
1: because here's, here's the reality. And I'm not, I don't want to get into the specifics of this. Um, But I, even as recently as this last fall had somebody very directly tell me that I don't belong in the space that I'm in and here's what happens in those situations, because oftentimes people are bold enough to say things when other people hear them. A lot of times people, um, there are people who hide behind, you know, fake Twitter accounts and everything Mm -hmm. else. But a lot of times people are bold enough to just say things directly to you, which I'll give them credit for like, at least saying it to your face. But oftentimes I'm then met with others who overhear things or who bear witness to something who ask me, what can I do? Are you okay? What can I do in that situation? How can I help you? And I'll tell you too, a lot of times the people who ask me that question are men. They go, I heard, I overheard this other situation. I overheard this other man do this thing. I'm so sorry on, on behalf of men, I'm sorry. And it's like, I I don't want your apology to me. I want you to actually speak up and stand up because what happened after everything, everything took place with Taylor. So she directly spoke up and tweeted at Damon And told him how she felt, and it could have ended there. People in the music industry could have just been like, "Ooh, this is this is a little dicey. I'm going to back off." Two people initially spoke up really quickly. One was Jack Antonoff. Now, Jack Antonoff is known for frontman of Bleachers. He is like he is a uh, top level producer. Uh, He works with a lot of people. He he writes a lot of hits. Um, He was basically the first to come to her defense. Now, Jack has been writing with Taylor for a long long time and i'm reading all of these verbatim by the way so with curse words and everything i don't want to censor people because this is what they said so i'm just similar to what taylor said i'm just letting everyone know jack antonoff tweeted i've never met damon alburn and he's never been to my studio but apparently he knows more than the rest of us about how all those songs taylor writes and brings in herb if you were there cool go off if not maybe shut the f- up so jack gets this rolling well, then Aaron Desner, who is, like I said, known for, um, he's a record, um, he's a record producer. He's founded his own label. He's a member of bands like Big Red Machine, The National. That's how a lot of people know him. He was, who got really like partnered up with Taylor through the folklore evermore, but has now since continued working with her and has helped with her re-records. He helped with re-recorded versions of songs on her new album, Red, um, which is the re-record of Red, but like the new red. Yeah. Um, so he follows this up and said, not sure why you at Damon Alburn would try to discredit Taylor's brilliant songwriting, but as someone who has gotten to press record around her, your statements couldn't be further from the truth. You're obviously completely clueless as your actual writing and work process. So those are great. Cause you're like, okay, great. Well, here's where it gets more interesting. Um, John Paul White, which This makes me so sad. He was a part of the musical duo, the civil wars. Now um, I just want to point out really quick. This is a side tangent, but like if anyone is in like Taylor Swift, Easter egg, falling down rabbit holes, like things are happening. You would know that Taylor, many, many moons ago, wrote and recorded a song called Safe and Sound with the Civil Wars, who have now since broken up, like they have not spoken in like 10 years, Mm -hmm. which is so devastating because they're so incredible, but it's whatever. But anyway, uh, my tangent is that um, if anyone's going to bring the Civil Wars back together to re-record Safe and Sound so Taylor can own the master's. It will be Taylor, and I honestly think it might happen. Like I right. literally think John Paul White might agree to come back to the Civil Wars for just one song to re-record safe and sound. Maybe they'll do it individually and separately and never have to see each other, but I will literally cry. <laughs> so anyway, John Paul White, who's incredibly talented, he enters the conversation. I can personally guarantee that she was a major part of the songwriting on Safe and Sound. She'd proved to be one of the best I have ever worked with. Selfless, generous, insightful, nuanced, with a clear understanding of the assignment. Oh, but it gets better. So now other men, other record producers, Nathan Chapman. Yes, Taylor Swift, a million percent writes her own songs. And she's one of the best songwriters of our time. Joel Little, another musician and producer. Just to confirm what 99% of people already knew, Taylor Swift is a force of nature in the studio and one of the best ever to do it. Anyone who has ever made music with her knows they were lucky to be in that room. It goes on and on. But I told Sasha what makes this so impactful is that these are men men
0: mm-hmm.
1: in the music industry who didn't just go to Damon themselves who I guarantee you a number of these men that are responding could have just contacted him directly they made their feelings known they quote tweeted Taylor they tagged Taylor they used their they used themselves to shield her with their support by saying no we're going to step up and tell you that you're wrong and we are going to make everyone know that we agree with her and that you are out of line for this this is fundamental when we talk about allyship this is allyship this is stepping up and speaking out when people ask me what can i do this is it this is it this is the exact this is the blueprint they are all stepping up and saying you know what i'm going to put my name out there and i'm going to be the one who says i i don't agree with your behavior this is not okay and there are people that i've seen that are want to defend damon who come into these mentions and are like oh you don't understand no 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 don't do that you aren't doing what you think you're doing no one is canceling damon no one wants to see his career fall apart. No one, at least not me personally. I don't think anyone actually does. There's probably some people, but I see this as a learning opportunity for him. I see this as an opportunity for him to check himself, realize his own misconceptions in this industry, because here's the thing a few years ago, he said some pretty terrible things about Adele too. So Mm -hmm. Damon Albarn seems to take issue with very strong women in the music industry for some reason. For whatever reason, for whatever reason, he has had some pretty significant statements against women in the music industry and going, well, I like Billie Eilish doesn't offset offset those like right. it does not. So this is my point. The only thing that is going to get Damon Albarn to step back and go, hey. <laughs> trying to apologize and say it was clickbait and blame other people and all this stuff is not the way to go. It's only going to happen when other people that he respects and views as peers in the music industry, check him on this. And that is why we needed those men to step up and say something because as much as we can all applaud Taylor for saying something, and I'm glad she did own your truth and step, stand up for yourself. He doesn't give a shit what she said. He doesn't, he, he doesn't respect her to begin with. So her telling him I was a big fan and this is really shitty. What you did, he doesn't care. He doesn't care.
0: And that's, that's kind of like the broader point that we're trying to make here is like, we can stand up. I'm fine standing up for myself. I've got a pretty thick skin. I can handle it. But when other men who also respect me, or Aaron stand up for us and say, Hey, no, like you, and call out other people's bullshit men specifically and say, Hey, you're wrong. And this is why, and this is why I think this way, that's what we're talking about. When we're talking about allyship, if someone is bullying somebody else, that's how you enter yourself into the picture and help out because as we know, and have seen, you know, anytime that we talk about this, when other men call out other men's bullshit that's how we make progress.
1: Yeah. I mean, again, I I think it's really easy and I, I haven't seen a lot of this, but I assume it's out there. And this is an assumption that I'm making is I, I assume there are people who are, who are big fans of Damon who are like, Oh, everyone's trying to cancel him. And I can promise you in most instances, that's not it. I am. I'm, I'm of the belief that um, cancel culture is actually not what people think it is anymore. Cancel culture cancel culture is not a thing I think there's accountability culture I think there is um asking people to own their shit culture and I think people when they don't like that they view it as cancel because right. they view it as like this thing to be um defensive toward and in it's fact the
0: consequences of your own actions
1: yeah he he was whether asked that's question, positive or negative Exactly. He was asked a question. He answered it. Um, People didn't like the response and Taylor saw it, like whether or not he thought anyone would ever see. And, you know, that's, that's the dangers of doing anything. And I think about that as a journalist, it's even like in this podcast for the record, like you take a risk anytime you do anything publicly, because Mm -hmm. like even in this podcast, misidentifying a reporter, I feel really awful about that. Is that the, the biggest um, mistake in the world? No, but I'm going to feel bad about that for a while because those are the, those are the, um, chances you take when you do anything that's an interview, a recording in the case of a journalist, there are times where I have had interviews with somebody and I, they know you have to tell them. Um, Now there are some States that don't require two way like acknowledgement, but anyway, I always ask people, is it okay if I record? Because I want them to know I am recording you. This is on the record. Mm -hmm. If it is off the record, you better tell me, because if you don't tell me it's off the record, it is. And anything Mm -hmm. is fair game. And I haven't many times in my career, but I have run into situations where somebody didn't like how something came across. And it's like, I'm not here to make you look bad, but if you said it, you said it. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. know what you want me to do differently. It's just, um, It it is what it is. If you don't want to take that chance, don't do it. I have had plenty of people in my career who don't take interviews because they're too, they're too concerned about what might end up being said or what they might end up being quote unquote you know misquoted on or whatever, and that's fine. Now, (laughs) that is a potential path here that Damon could go. I'm just never going to do an interview again, and that would be too bad because he is very talented. He's very, again, you don't create blur you don't create the gorillas and just be like okay at what you do he's Mm -hmm. very talented um but he he unfortunately is not helping the music industry grow in the sense of like its inclusion and its support of all artists he's he's being very um lack of better word he's being very Mm small-minded and that's the thing where i i hope he uses this i hope he does because Again, this isn't the first time he's done this. In 2017, to give some context to this really quick, he said he'll never work with Adele. They had attempted to collaborate, um, but he said... Um, they would attempted to collaborate on her 2015 album 25 it ultimately came to nothing um, he told the son of all places at the time Adele asked me to work with her and I took the time out for her will she use any of my stuff? I don't think so the thing is she's very insecure and she doesn't need to be she's still so young um, he described her new music as middle of the road um, Ade- Adele later revealed It ended up being one of those don't meet your idol moments. The saddest thing was that I was such a big Blur fan growing up, but it was sad and I regret hanging out with him. Um, He has later since described the feud as pathetic and not even true and has enjoyed having a cup of tea with her since. Um, But again, they will never work together. It's just, he, I don't really quite understand what he's doing here, but these are like (laughs) the fact that like he hasn't learned the fact that he has not learned yet. I just makes me sad. But to be honest, when I look back on what happened originally between him and Adele, there weren't a lot of voices speaking up in her defense at that time saying, Hey buddy, uh, let's slow our role here and maybe respect the people that we're working with and working around. She doesn't owe you anything if she doesn't want to use any of your songs. Um, the, the fact that Taylor Swift has these really prominent men in the music industry speaking up, I hope is a testament um, to the industry starting to change just a little bit. Uh, you know, when Taylor Swift worked with uh, Aaron Desner for Folklore and then Evermore, and then he continues to work with her. Um, people, I think, were a little surprised, like, oh, the front man of The National. Um, Taylor Swift had long said that she would love to work with Bonavir. That is like a dream of hers, you know, Mm -hmm. who made it happen, Aaron Desner. And you know, who loves Taylor Swift now and loves working with her Mm -hmm. He They've put her on big red machine. She's been on their recent album. Um, They've written songs with her. They continue to collaborate with her because clearly she respects them. They respect her. These are things where like, I remember when folklore came out and people looked at like who was on it and they're like, They were so shocked that she had worked with Aaron Desner and Bonavir that they were like, Oh my gosh. But here's the thing. Talent and talent respects talent and people find their people. And um, again, you don't have to like everyone's music. You don't have to love, you can love every national out the national album and not love folklore. That's okay. Mm -hmm. It's, it is, it is so important that these, these, these men are coming to that they're speaking up as allies in this industry. But the reality is, is like, there are still so many problems, both in music and in sports and in every industry. I think of like every industry, some of you who are engineers face this. Some of you who are doctors, nurses, you face this. There are so many misconceptions about women's roles. And we have a tendency in, this is still a problem that we're trying to address. And this is why this is so fundamental right now. So groundbreaking in a way is that I don't know how many times, like in my position, like I said, I've had men go, I'm so sorry. What can I do to help? Well, I'm, I just am so I'm sh- ashamed of this happened, but then they won't speak up. Mm-hmm. You have to speak up because these things will not change. If we do not have people actively speaking up, women are not going to change this on their own. It's the same reason when we've talked about any other thing, um, Members of the LGBTQ plus community need need everyone else to speak up and step up for them. Um, When we talk about um, supporting black communities and they're saying we can't do this without white people also speaking up, there's a reason for that, because there's there are. We hold certain levels of power and respect with, with different people. And when you aren't willing to speak up, you are asking the marginalized to continue to have to yell louder and louder and louder. Yep. When you speak up, it's amazing what you do because you make people suddenly go, do I need to be paying attention to this? Do you know how many people yesterday who are looking at John Paul White's Twitter account are like, what the hell is going on? And now they're aware because he right. said something.
0: Exactly. Like,
1: you're opening and broadening the conversation and and opening more eyes beyond just that one little world. You're, you're making the community larger. You're opening more people up to the topic and, and broadening the conversation. It just, I can't say it enough. If you are ever wondering how to be an ally, speak up. That is, that is the, the biggest thing. And it doesn't have to be on social media. It's so
0: simple, but like, use your words, like Mm -hmm. use them. Because as we know, words can carry a lot of weight. And just by simply saying something or calling out something as wrong, when somebody says something that you don't agree with and you see as wrong, that furthers the conversation, just like Aaron said, and and broadens the pool of people that are willing to have this conversation just because a friend of theirs brought it to their attention.
1: Yeah. And it doesn't have to be like in the case of these men using their social accounts was the way that they could bring attention and they could call out this behavior for what it was, which was bullshit. Um, That made sense in this case. Now, for you, if you're sitting there going like, do I have to tweet everything? Do I have to go? do? No, it can be as simple as if you're sitting in a meeting and a woman is speaking and a man interrupts her stopping and saying, I'm I'm sorry. Um, Can you continue with your point? Or I was, really in, I was really enjoying what she was saying. Can we let her finish? Mm-hmm. Speaking up and giving people that space and interrupting. Um, like if a man interrupts saying, no, 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 hold on. Hold on. Let's let this person finish. It goes a long way. It can be little things like that. Mm-hmm. It can just be these little moments in your day of, I'm going to do this thing like, for instance, when I was asked, hey, what could I do in this moment when I had somebody literally tell me "Um, you shouldn't be here and try to make me feel bad? What I, what I would have liked is that person to, instead of coming to check on me, going up to that person and being like, Hey, that wasn't cool. That was really bad behavior. Mm -hmm. Um, That's not acceptable. And you should think about why you did that. That would have meant more to me than checking on me. I'm fine. Don't worry about me. Go check the person who feels so empowered and emboldened to, to someone's face, tell them that they don't belong somewhere. Like, yeah that's the stuff where it's like it doesn't have to be this big grand gesture but it could even be like okay so with the lsu tiger girls um when they put out the change.org uh thing last year signing that it could be um emailing the school and saying hey i want your support for them this Mm -hmm. is bs why aren't you letting them compete like you can you can do these little things just by it doesn't have to be this big, broad, grand gesture. Like what w- the, this is an example of Taylor Swift. That's a little different because of the nature of who these individuals are. But when it comes to you, it can be sending emails. It can be making phone calls. It can just be speaking up in situations where your voice will matter so much. Like just.
0: Yeah. It, these, these, a it little goes bit a long goes way. a long way. Like we had a conversation last year, about how we could be better allies for um, people of color. Mm -hmm. And one of the statements I made was like, you know, these little things build the steps in the staircase. It could be a nail that hammers in that last nail on that step, just by doing something small like that. And it may seem huge to you and it may seem small or maybe insignificant, but furthering, furthering these conversations by standing up and being willing to speak out against things that you see as wrong whether it be, you know, marginal, any marginalized group, um, it it all goes a long way. It furthers Mm -hmm. a conversation. It helps continue the conversation. It helps call out things that are wrong. Um, when they're happening, it doesn't have to be a grand gesture. It doesn't have to involve money. It literally could be as simple as calling out your buddy for saying something that was wrong.
1: Yeah. It just, it doesn't take much. Um, I just, I think if we were to look at like revisiting that conversation, as we look at what to do, just be mindful of in your own life, when things come up and you hear people who need your help, speak up, mm-hmm. be, be, be willing in those moments to speak up, um, check people when it's appropriate. Um, and don't be afraid because you hold a lot of value, um, and that, it, it matters, Be, being an ally. And I, I applaud um, LSU for doing what they did. I applaud Taylor Swift for speaking up. And I applaud every single person who has supported both of those, supported LSU, have supported Taylor, because we don't make change until people start actively um, just speaking up and being loud and, and making some noise. Because otherwise, when you don't, it's perpetu- it perpetuates this idea that it's okay.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, exactly go go like just it can be small things just when you hear something say something because that sounds like when you're in the airport if you see something say something um but seriously you you would be amazed how influential you are and how far your words go so yeah I, i think we there's so much more we could get into on this topic and we certainly will um but for now, we'll leave it with that. We do really want to hear from you. So Sasha and I are getting ready. We're gonna actually have some brainstorming conversations about future episodes, everything else. So send us an email at mindyourn podcast at com, or you can tweet at us at Aaron Sorensen at Sasha72 and just kind of give us some feedback on topics you want to talk about. Should we dive into a topic we've talked about before more specifically? Are there anyone you is there anyone specifically you'd like for us to have on as a guest? Yeah. Send us anything you have so that we, when, when we sit down, we can have all of your feedback to go with that. So mind your own podcast at hillvarsity.com or you can tweet at Aaron Sorensen at Sasha72. We'd love to hear from you. Um, we're excited about what this year looks like for this podcast and beyond. Um, hopefully we can continue to kind of shed light on some of these topics that continue to plague us despite yeah. our best efforts. But we do appreciate you listening. Um, you listening is a step in that in the direction of what we're talking about. So thank you yeah. so much. Um, we will be back next week. Hopefully we have some emails from you that we can uh, kind of revisit. so get get to it. And yeah, we'll
0: talk to you later. Bye A Media Production.